Well, I want to welcome all of the campuses. I want to particularly welcome on this Mother's Day weekend all the men and women uh, in the Orleans Justice Center as well as St. Tammany Parish Jail. Come on, can we just welcome all of them that are joining us right now? So excited to have you guys with us. We are in week two, short series. It'll be four weeks long. We're in week two of a series called The Advocate, Helper, Comforter, Friend. Every year, I'll usually teach at least one week on the Holy Spirit. I, I went back in my notes, and it had actually been five or six years uh, that I'd done this whole series, that I taught through a series. And so we are in week two of a four-part series on the Holy Spirit. By the way, next weekend, a very important weekend, uh, it's Pentecost weekend in the church calendar. Again, Pentecost, 50 days. Penta means five, 50 days past Passover. So Passover is a big Jewish feast. Pentecost as well. So next weekend uh, is Pentecost weekend, uh, and I think it's so appropriate we're teaching on the Holy Spirit. In this series, we're looking at and we're unpacking that word that Jesus said, actually that phrase that he said, and it really bewildered the disciples when he said this. He looked at them after being with them for three years, and he said to them, it is better that I go away. Now pause just for a moment. How could it be better for Jesus of Nazareth, who walked with his disciples, who talked with them? I mean, they saw him do miracles. They saw amazing stuff. How could it actually be better? How was it better that he was about to go away? Well, he goes on and he says, for if I do not go away, the comforter, everybody say the comforter. The comforter will not come with you to live in you. In other words, it's better to have the Holy Spirit, listen to me, it's better to have the Holy Spirit living in us than Jesus physically walking with us. Why is that? Because Jesus could only be in so many places at one time in Bible times, and that the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit was poured out, now the Spirit did not just rest upon people, but the Spirit lived within people. Last week, if you weren't here, we talked week one about the Holy Spirit, and I think it was important. By the way, if you weren't here, please, you can download online, or again, we give away CDs free to all of our campuses, but I think it's important because I laid out a foundation about the Holy Spirit, and here's what I said. One of the misnomers that people have about the Holy Spirit is they believe, <clears throat> there are people that believe that the Holy Spirit is an it. If the Holy Spirit is an it, if the Holy Spirit is a force, kind of like Luke Skywalker level, like the force be with you. If the Holy Spirit is an it, you can ignore an it, but you can't ignore a person. If the Holy Spirit is a person, a divine person, and we went through the Bible, we said, number one, the Holy Spirit operates with divine intelligence, three qualities of personhood. Number one, intelligence. Number two, volitional capacities, the will. And number three, emotions. And I set out to prove last week in the scripture that number one, the Holy Spirit operates with divine intelligence. Number two, the Holy Spirit wills. The Holy Spirit has a volitional capacity. But the biggest thing that I think that we set out to prove in scripture, Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, where Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, and here's what he says. Watch this, very important. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the word grieve there actually means to sadden, to hurt, or to vex. You ever thought about that before? 
Pastor, I never thought about the fact that I could actually hurt the Holy Spirit. Well, remember when Jesus came and he looked at the city of Jerusalem and the Jewish people rejected him? The Bible says Jesus looked over the city and Jesus wept. If Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, wept and cried when he saw and he was saddened because of the rejection of the Messiah, how much more, listen, God, the Holy Spirit, who is living within us, can he not be grieved? when we don't obey the prompting of the Spirit? Can he not be grieved when we say something unkind, not lift uplifting, when we denigrate, depreciate, and decry another individual that's made in the image of God? And we say something, and yet the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us and checking us. And the Holy Spirit's like, mm, no, don't do that, don't do that. And yet the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is not an it the Holy Spirit is a person, a divine person. Today I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit living within us, three ways the Holy Spirit works in our lives. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you at all the campuses to open up to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Again, we do put the scriptures on the screen, but I think it's cool. I, I still bring my Bible. I know a lot of people use the phone. Uh, there's something about just having uh, the Bible in my hand. John chapter 14 verse 16 and 17. Today I want to talk to you about three ways that the Holy Spirit works within us. Next week, I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit works through us. I want to talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. You do not want uh, to miss next week. John chapter 14, verse 16. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus says, I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper. The Greek word here is allos. Parakletos, the one, watch this, the one who looks like me is just like me. And it's interesting, the term that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, what is that word right there, the what? Say it, the? Have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus Christ, when he ascended on high, he sat down at the right hand of the Father, that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, don't miss this, to help us. I mean, can you imagine the concept of people that, that don't have a relationship with God. Think, man, God's just out to get me. He just doesn't like. Wait, wait, time out. If you read the Bible, actually the Bible calls the Holy Spirit third person of the Trinity. The divine helper. I want you to get that. If you miss everything today, don't miss this one thought. God, listen, sent God the Holy Spirit to live within us as believers to help us. Help us. By the way, I think this is just interesting. The only other concept in the Bible where somebody else is called a helper is, by the way, Eve. How many know men, we need a lot of help? <laughs> Ladies, you're in good company when God's using the same language to equate the Holy Spirit with you. How many know that's a big, powerful term? Come on now, ladies. It's your day. Man, you should have been jumping, running. But anyway, so here, here we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll never forget, I was teaching this one time. I was teaching on marriage one time, and I went home, my wife and I, we were like, she goes, you know what, I'm really, I, that was just a great message today. She goes, because you do need a lot of help. But anyway, so here we go. <laughs> here we go. That he may abide with you forever. Look, look at the next verse here, uh, verse 17. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you after the day of Pentecost, he shall be, say it. It's better 
to have the Holy Spirit living in us than Jesus physically right next to us. It's better to have the Holy Spirit, the divine helper, living in us. Pastor, I'm just struggling in life. I just feel like there's just some things. Did you know that as a believer in Jesus, the Bible says you have a divine, the divine helper living on the inside of you? As we come on the scene, Jesus is talking to his disciples about his betrayal and being put to death. And again, he begins to communicate to them that he's about to go away. They didn't understand that. They couldn't comprehend that. How on earth could it be better for, quote, Jesus to go away? And he starts to unpack for them this concept. Remember in the Old Testament, I was teaching last week on this. I can't reteach this. But last week I talked about in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, don't miss this, only came upon people and equipped them with power to do works of service in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit did not live within humanity in the Old Testament. On occasion, he would enter into people, but it was only for a specific purpose. But after Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and then ascended in Acts chapter 1 and sat down at the right hand of the Father, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so up to this point, the disciples are like, wait a minute, I've left everything. We've left all, and, and you're about to go away. How on earth, on earth, could it be better? How on earth could it be better if you go away and Jesus begins to unpack, by the way, the gospel of John, John 14, 15, and 16, probably the greatest comprehensive teaching in the New Testament, truly in the gospels about the Holy Spirit. In each chapter, there's a mention of who the Spirit is and the work of the Spirit and what the Spirit wants to do in our hearts. And so Jesus was teaching his disciples. Jesus had been had been the defender of the disciples. When the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the different people would, would, would come against the disciples, it was, watch this, it was Jesus Christ who stood up for the disciples. In Mark chapter 9, when Jesus saw a great multitude of people gather around the disciples and the scribes were there questioning him, created this big crowd and Jesus came up and said, what are you talking to them about? Jesus had defended the disciples. Jesus had fed the disciples. Jesus had comforted the disciples. Jesus had encouraged the disciples. Jesus had lifted them. Jesus had forgiven them. And yet, now he's saying these words. How many times a believer in our lives, how many times in our lives, watch this, we are always thinking as a believer that God is out there. And yet we're not recognizing as a believer he's in here. The Holy Spirit lives in us as Christians. And the disciples were, were, were grappling this. They, 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 they were being ostracized. They were being berated by, by the, the Jewish leaders. Because now they were following this Jewish rabbi that was calling himself the Messiah. And it was Jesus that stood up for them. It was Jesus that defended them. When the disciples were being accused of eating with unwashed hands, and it was Jesus that stood in the gap and says, back off, guys. Back, back off to the scribes and the Pharisees. And now, their defender, their, 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 their forgiver, their their, 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 their consoler, their provider, their healer, 
was going away. And yet Jesus was the one who said, it's better. It's much, 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 much better. Because without the Holy Spirit living within you, without the Holy Spirit working within you, without the Holy Spirit quickening on the inside of you, my church will not be built. Your life will not be built. Listen, all the things, because I am limited in my space-time continuum. I'm here in physical form, but there's coming a one. There's coming a one to live and dwell within you, within you. And listen, and, and you, will be, you will be transformed by my power. You'll become a different person. Listen, you'll not just be forgiven of your sin, but you'll be filled with my power. And you, you'll be a different person. Something will so uniquely transform on the inside of you. Your desires will shift. Your, your apprehensions will be quieted. Why? There'll be a new boldness in your life. Wow. Man, this is invigorating. Just talking about why. Because of who the Holy Spirit is. What the Holy Spirit wants to do in our hearts. Such a comfort with the Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, can we really hear God? Yeah. Yes, we can. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Remember, a number of years ago, oh gosh, probably 10 years ago. Again, I have four children. At the time, only had three. And I was visiting a friend of mine, a good friend of mine in, in Gulfport, Mississippi for, for uh, Labor Day. And so we were, we were over there and having a great time. And our boys played with their boys. And we had a great friendship with them. And, and so we had a Suburban at the time. And the I remember when we left Mandeville, I thought the, the, the battery was just kind of, the, the car, we would get on the interstate, and it was just kind of, I, I didn't know if it was the battery, the alternate, I wasn't sure what it was. That's not one of my gifts. <laughs> but I have friendships with those that are gifted in those areas. And so, I didn't really know what it was, and so it's got, it stalled a couple times, and started back up, you know, getting the good, and finally made it to Gulfport. I told my friend, I said, man, this is crazy. I said, we, we left. It was late, probably 8, 9. It was getting dark, so it was probably about 8, 8.30 and, and, uh, on, on, on Labor Day, Monday. And so, uh, matter of fact, we got to the gas station. said so needed to get gas. We get to the gas station. And when we get to the gas station, uh, the car dies, totally dies. Well, I was okay with that because I knew my friend was about two miles from there. I called him up, and he came over and jumped us. And so it was all fine. And, car, and so it was... It's it kind of crazy. We stopped at the gas station. There was, like, there was like a demonic swarm of mosquitoes, like termites last night. Did y'all notice that last night? It's like they were just ah, everywhere. And uh, probably knew I was preaching today. But so anyway, so it's just coming to attack me. And so there was mosquitoes got all in the car. And just, so the kids were like, ah, mosquito, you know, just all this. And, and, and so we're driving. And so my wife looks at me. She goes, do you feel confident? I said, Absolutely. I said, we're going to get back home. We're not staying in the Gulf. We're going to make it home. So, so, we, so, so we, 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 we get about probably when we got, we were going over the Pearl River uh, Bridge. There was just a little bit of just kind of a, some jerking back and forth. And we get by past Slidell and we get to Lacombe. And the car just starts. And so I'm like, and she goes, what's this? You know, so I just, we'll just pull it off. You know, of course, I'm like a hyper-cautious, hyper-freaked-out parent, you know. So I'm just, that's just kind of my, my deal. So I, I, I pull, like, all the way in the woods. I'm like, I, I'm serious, because, I mean, I don't want anybody to get hit by a car. It's like, we're going to pull in the woods. And so, we're, my, you know, so it's, the thing is just barely just, and so 
And so, of course, my wife's like, I thought you said everything's going to be fine. And the kids are like, oh, I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes. You know, what's going to happen now, Dad? One of my kids starts crying. And so and I'm just like, oh, it's going to be fine. Everything's fine. We got it under control. I'm going to call Pastor Randy. And so I, I, did, I added that. And so, so here's what I did. Here's what I did. For some reason, I mean, right at the end, I don't know, the battery, the alternator, whatever. But I went, oh, wait, wait, wait. And I mean, everybody's freaking out. You got to realize this, right? Because I was standing up. We're gonna, everything's going to be great. My kids are starting to cry. My wife's like, what's the, what's the deal? We're out. And so I, I remembered that we had OnStar. And I hit that button, and it was a lady came on the phone. And she goes, this is OnStar. Where are you? We're here to help. And I went, I love you. <laughs> I, just, just, I didn't even know her, you know. And, and right after that, she gets the coordinates and the car dies. And they had a AAA come out to, to help us because we talked about we had AAA. And here's the point. When you're in distress, when you're the greatest point of your need, listen, it's not the voice of some lady on OnStar, but it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. God's voice, the God, the Holy Spirit is there to, everybody say it, to what? Say it, help us. Come on, how many of y'all are grateful that God has sent his spirit to help us? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? I wanna to talk to you about three different things Three different ways the Holy Spirit works in the life of the believer. How does the Holy Spirit help us? Let's get real practical today. Again, next week I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit moves through us in power. The gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit equips us for works of service. Today I want to talk about three ways the Holy Spirit works in the life of the believer. How does he, quote, practically help us? Now, there's a lot more things that I could have talked about, but I, 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 I was... Trying to, for time's sake, I thought, okay, here's our three big topics, three big things that I believe the Holy Spirit's helping us. Number one, the Holy Spirit helps, watch this, helps to lead us into truth. Helps to lead us into truth. First, or John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 26. Watch this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? Say it. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Number one, first, he teaches us. And number two, he brings to remembrance. He brings the word to remembrance to us. These statements were particularly encouraging to disciples. Remember, their teacher was going away. Their teacher, the rabbi, remember Jesus would be considered a Jewish rabbi in the time. Remember, he went into the temple. He actually went in, the Bible says, into the synagogue, and he began to teach his first sermon. He, he, he talked about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He opened up the scroll in Isaiah chapter 60. So he was a Jewish teacher. And if your Jewish teacher, if you're a Jewish man and your Jewish teacher was about to go away, it's good news. Everybody say good news. It's good news that the Holy Spirit is coming to teach us and to lead us into all truth. I want to talk to you about that for just a moment. 
It's interesting every time I talk about the Holy Spirit being a teacher, immediately somebody goes to their mind. The thought comes to their mind, well, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus give us gifts of teachers to the church? Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the five ascension gifts that Christ, when he ascended to heaven, he gave gifts to the church. He gave apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Well, well, pastor, are are we not supposed to learn from people? I mean, are we just supposed to get in a closet, you know, by ourselves? And we've got the Bible. By the way, there are Christians that I've heard that before. I don't need to go to church, man. I've got my Bible. I just kind of teach myself, and I've got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but remember this. The Scripture doesn't contradict itself. The Holy Spirit quickens you and teaches you on the inside, but yet Christ also gives the office of the teacher to the church. So then what does he mean? Does he want us to isolate ourselves where it's just us and the Holy Spirit and we get revelation by ourselves? Let me tell you, people that I know that have isolated themselves for years reading the Bible by themselves with no teachers and no pastors, they get weird. And they tend to just read the book of Revelation. Their hair turns green. I'm serious. Things get strange. Kryptonite. I mean, things get strange in their life. Why is that? Because even the Apostle Paul, watch this, even the Apostle Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. Why is that important? So we need teachers in the body of Christ. We need pastors and we need leaders. You need small group leaders. But what this is saying is this, as we're reading the word of God, it is the Holy Spirit that will quicken a verse to your spirit and make it come alive. How many times in your life, I think I asked this question last week and I'll ask it again. How many times in your life have you read something, you've read it before, and yet one day you read it, it's like, boom, and it explodes on the inside. You're like, that's amazing. Has that ever happened to anybody in here at all of our campuses? You've read something in the scripture and you read it one day particularly and it explodes off the pages like never before. Has that ever happened to anybody in here? Okay, it's happened to me. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because God, the Holy Spirit, the divine teacher is in you and he knows what you're going through. So he breathes on that scripture that day to quicken you, to help and encourage you. That's what he does. So the divine teachers living in us, not to contradict the office of the teacher, but to affirm truth, to quicken truth to us. The Holy Spirit also brings to our remembrance. John chapter 14, verse 26, but the help, the helper. I love that, the helper. Just meditate on that thought today. After you've given flowers to your mom and honored your mom, after you've been honored, mom, I want you, don't, don't. Forget this thought. The Holy Spirit is my helper. The Holy Spirit lives within me. The Holy Spirit is the divine helper. He is, quote, helping me. He's teaching me. But he's also bringing to my remembrance all things that I've said to you. I'm going to tell you something that is just will blow you some of your minds. I, 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 my parents, I, I'm, they made me go to church as a kid. And so from 12 to 19, I wasn't a Christian, even though my mom said, you were a great kid. Well, that's what she didn't say that back then. <laughs> and, 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 and the word of God, watch this. I want everybody to understand it. The word of God is so strong. It's so powerful. Do you know there's a scripture in Isaiah? It says this, watch this. It says the word of God will not return what? Say it. In other words, sowing and reaping is not just giving our finances, but when we sow the word, watch this, we reap a harvest of the word. 
When we sow friendship, we reap that. Now watch this. I sat in church as an unsaved teenager listening to the word. When I got born again, when I gave my heart to Christ, I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing in the world because the word of God is full of power, all right? And it was in my conscience and in my mind. But when I got born again, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of me. He had a lot in my conscious and in my subconscious memory, a lot of the word that was in my, quote, mind and in my subconscious realm. Now, all of a sudden, I'm saved. The Holy Spirit's quick and alive on the inside of me. And I was freaked out because I'd be in conversation with people, and I know that I had not learned that scripture, that that as a Christian I had not. But somewhere when I was 13 or I was 14, I heard that Bible verse and it went in my mind and the Holy Spirit took it and I would have myself speak a scripture to somebody that I know as a Christian I didn't remember, but as a 14-year-old unsaved boy, I did. Are you with me? Why is that important? If you'll hide the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it's there when you do need it and the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance, boom, to equip you and fill you with power for the moment. Does that make sense? He said, listen, he said the Holy Spirit will bring to you, bring to your what? Say it, your remembrance. That's why it's so important for us to memorize scripture. That's why it's so important to put the word of God in our heart. So the Holy Spirit's got something to work with. It's got to have something to work with and have it in our heart and our minds and deep in our soul. And so when the Spirit of God starts, starts, it's like a good cook in the kitchen. You know, you know what I'm talking about? A good cook. Put a little of this. The, the Holy Spirit's like, okay, he's, he's looking. He's looking for whatever words you've put in your heart. It's like they're going through that time. He brings a comfort scripture back to your remembrance. You're going through fear, and you're going, boom. He's got, he's got to have something. Now, you've got to do your part. You've got to hide the word in your heart. But when you put the word in your heart, you put the word in your mind, now the Spirit of God, boom, he brings it back to your remembrance. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would do this to us. John chapter 12, verse 16, the disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they what? Say it, they. Come on, say it louder. Then they what? Remembered that those things were written about him, that they had done these things to him. How grateful I am today that the Holy Spirit continues his ministry. How grateful I am today that the Holy Spirit equips me as a pastor, as a Christian man, as a husband, as as a father, that I can be in conversation with people today and the Holy Spirit can flood into my conscious memory scriptures that have been hidden in my heart into my remembrance, to be able to be utilized to both help me and benefit those others. Number two, the Holy Spirit also helps us in prayer. So the Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. Okay, this is church. We've got to be honest. All right, you cannot lie in church. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I don't want to self-incriminate with a show of hands. All right, but I will ask a question. It's a rhetorical question which simply means you are to ponder, think about, and internally respond, but you don't do any action externally. Okay, how many of you guys have ever been, oh gosh, this is so sinful to say, bored in prayer? Some of y'all even went like this. (laughs) 
It could be because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to help you. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Verse 26 and 27. Here's what Paul said. Likewise, the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. This is all over the Bible. I'm telling you, God, the Holy Spirit. Remember, if you leave today and you forget everything I say, don't forget this. The Holy Spirit lives within you, and he is, quote, wanting to what? He's wanting to what? Say it. He's wanting to what? Say it. Help us. Pastor, I just feel this is sacrilegious. You're just bringing God down to our level. Nope. He already did that himself. We're not God. Don't misunderstand me. No, 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 no. But God, the Holy Spirit, came to live on the inside of us as believers. Likewise, the Spirit also, what? Say it. Helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should, what? Say it. Pray for as we ought. How many times have you been there for, oh, God bless mama, God bless daddy, God bless the dog. He should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. By the way, if you look this up in the Greek, it's not words, that not, it's, it's inarticulate words. It's, it's hard, there's a groaning when you're crying out to God. It's not that there's no, it's not, I know it's a double negative, it's not that there's not sounds, it's their inarticulate sounds. There's a groaning, there's a sigh. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for, but the Spirit helps us with intercession with groanings. Next verse, look at verse 27. For he searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What on earth is Paul talking about? Here's what he's talking about. You're a spiritual being, and I'm a spiritual being. We are a spirit. Our spirit's gonna live for eternity. All right, our born, we're, we are, we're alive unto God. We're gonna live with Jesus as a Christian for eternity. But you also have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body, an earth suit, all of us do. So our spirit, watch this, where does the Holy Spirit come to live, Pastor, when we get saved? Our spirit becomes infused with the Holy Spirit. We're born again, so we have a spirit, our spiritual life comes alive. Now watch what happens. If you're simply praying head up, cognitively connecting with thought patterns but not drawing upon the spirit within, it, you quickly run out of fuel and gas. Does this make sense? Well, you know, God bless mom, God bless dad, God bless all the poor people in the world. All those are good prayers, by the way. But, but if you're not drawing upon your born-again spirit that's filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're not drawing upon the Spirit of God, you can quickly run out. By the way, that's why I taught the Lord's Prayer. If you'll pray through the Lord's Prayer and you'll pray and you'll draw upon the Spirit of God in your prayer. By the way, that's why I always teach people before you pray, ask the Spirit to help you. I tell the worship leaders, ask the Spirit, invite the Spirit of God to come. What are we asking the Holy Spirit to do? To manifest himself. So we need the Spirit's help to worship God the Father. We need the Spirit's help to understand and interpret Scripture. We need the Holy Spirit's help to even pray. Because we don't want just to cognitively connect with thought patterns. We want to draw upon the well of God's Spirit deep on the inside of us as believers. So we're crying out to God, oh God. There's the groanings. Oh, God, we cry out to God. Now, it's, it's almost like uh, when we're crying out to God and we're drawing upon this, it's almost like we're putting that bucket 
down in the water, right? And we're drawing deep in that well. We're drawing deep. Some of you guys have wells, and you're, you know exactly what I, I mean. I'm not talking to everybody draw like this, but there's a, there's a well system where, but, but, but in the old, old days, you, you, you draw. So what do we do? We're lowering down prayer. We're lowering down that bucket. What do we do? God, I need your help. Lord, I'm going through this situation, Lord, and now I'm drawing it up. What am I? I'm drawing up water. Water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why is this so important? Because it's the Holy Spirit that makes our prayer life electric. It's the Spirit of God, and then you can sense the Holy Spirit. You could, you could sense the Holy Spirit this morning in the worship. You could sense God. That's not just good music. It's God's presence. This is not the Jazz Fest. Not against the Jazz Fest, but that's good music. The Spirit of God's not just ministering to people, but in church He is. Because you've got believers crying out to God and the Holy Spirit. Same way in prayer. Drawing out, you're, you're crying out to God. That's why I'm encouraging you guys, before you pray, ask the Holy Spirit. You know, our elders, we, we meet once, we have, our, we have a board, uh, a board of trustees, and we, and we meet once a month, and it's usually about eight times a year. Sometimes in the summer, it's hard to get everybody together, and then we have a lead team, so there's 10 people. We all gather together, and we pray. We pray for you guys. We pray for the different things in the church, and different initiatives, and Things that we're believing God for, programs, buildings, things, growth at a church, just, just, uh, and we begin to pray, and it's just a wonderful thing where, where there's times where we're not even sure what to pray about. You ever been there before? But when you begin to pray and cry out to the Holy Spirit, and you begin to pray in the Spirit, the Bible talks about, Paul talks about that. Jude talks about praying in the Holy Spirit. We begin to cry out to God and, and praying in the Holy Spirit. And now all of a sudden there's thoughts that begin to flood in our mind. Watch us, not outside in, but inside up. The Holy Spirit begins to bubble up thoughts in our minds. and We begin to pray. And one of our elders will begin to pray and another one will begin to pray. And Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is helping. Everybody say helping. Helping us in our prayers. All right, let me give you this last and final thing, and then we'll close. You guys learn anything today? Okay. Here we go. I got about four or five minutes, and I'll let you go. All right, here we go. The third thing I want to teach you today is the Holy Spirit helps us, there's the word, helps us to become more like Jesus. Yeah, that's what he does. Paul writes to the church at Rome. Here's what he writes. St. Paul, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. He says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So God has chosen us, and he's predestined us that we are conformed. We don't, watch this, we don't become Jesus, but we become like Jesus as we walk with Jesus in our character. See, there's actually nine gifts of the Spirit, but there's also nine fruits of the Spirit. What are the fruits of the Spirit? The character of Jesus. Now listen to me closely. This is important. God's ultimate goal for us on earth, every single person on earth, is for us to trust Christ as our Savior and to spend eternity with him. Okay. Beyond that, the reason, you ever thought about this? Why did God not kill you the moment you got saved? If the whole goal was just to get you to heaven, take him out. I mean, I mean I'm a Star Trek generation. Just beam you up, Scotty. Just bam. Right? I mean, why, why would God not just kill you right out? Because, because God leaves us here for another purpose. And here's that purpose. It is to fulfill our assignment, A, and B, for us to grow in Christ-like character on the earth. That's important. 
That's very important. Now, why is that important? I'll never forget a number of years ago, there was a, 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 bris, a, a, a bracelet. And, uh, and this bracelet, you guys remember the bracelet. I think some people still wear it today. And, it, and the bracelet was, it was WWJD, right? What would Jesus what do? Concept was this. When you're about to curse somebody out, you go, oh, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> you're lucky because of this. You were going to get a major tongue lashing when you were getting ready to cheat in some form or fashion, you know, and, and you're, whoop! IRS ought to thank you right here. They ought to thank you, right? When you're getting ready out of a fit of anger to do something else, you're just kind of driving or in your car and somebody cuts you off. And you go, oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's the bracelet. The problem is it doesn't work. Because some of you guys get so mad, you like rip it off and throw it away. <laughs> Here's what I've found in my life. All right, let me confess my sin. I, can, I don't change because of external constraints. I change because of an internal power. Does that make sense? Behavior modification gets short-term gains, all right? But it's an internal change where your heart changes and your character changes. Now, by the way, every day there's a choice. Somebody say the word choice. So here's the choice. The choice is, do I live according to the flesh? Do I live according to my anger? Do I live according to my greed? Do I live according to my lust? Do I live according to my pride? Do I live according to my avarice, selfish ambition? Or do I learn to live according to the Spirit? Do I live according to the flesh? Everybody say flesh or Spirit. What does it mean to live according to the Spirit? This is where some Christians visit. They think that we're a dog on a leash and we're leading. We're, no, 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 no. God's not following. We're not following Jesus as he's tugging us along reluctantly. Come here. But I'm following the inward witness of the Spirit and the power of God living on the inside of me. There's a power on the inside. I don't need to look at a watch or a band. It's the Spirit of God convicting us on the inside. It's the Spirit of Christ. Let me give you the analogy and I'll close. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Every day there's a choice. Do we become, how, to become like Christ means that we daily live more according to the Spirit than the flesh. That's what it means. I'll close with this. Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit in your life it's love. It's not a band. It's it's not a, it's not a, it's not a a, a a wristlet. It's not because I'm looking at something external. It's because there's an internal power on the inside of me. There's joy. It's not because I'm at Disney World. It's because there's a power on the inside. There's peace. Not because I listen to seashore music, although that's cool. It's because peace, I'll leave with you. My peace, what's the peace of the Holy Spirit? 
So it's, 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 not because, uh, it's not because I've took a driver's safety course, although those are good. And I, by the way, have to take one myself. Got a ticket once. Go to this course. I said, I'll do it. It's long, everybody say long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? It means you suffer long with people. It's the kindness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of it. The goodness. You ever heard somebody say, that's a good man? I would suggest to you, they're only good if the goodness of the Spirit is manifesting in their heart. Apart from that, there's no true philanthropy. There's only goodness of the Holy Spirit making us externally wanting to serve other people. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. I want to become more like Christ. I want the Spirit of God on the inside of me to have His way to flow out of me to quicken me, to overcome the impulses of the flesh. I can't do it alone. I need God's help to become more like Christ. And that's the power of the Spirit. You guys received that today? You received that? I want you to stand.